This is the first real dangerous part of the, of the journey that we began. We sat on foot and we went about two hours and 30 minutes through, through, through uh, mountains and through uh, villages. And a lot of times uh, in that journey, the man would change the way, would go very far away from the straight path. And I would ask, why? Why are you doing this? There's nobody here. He said, there is a group there, or there is a house there, or there is a place there. If they hear our footsteps, they will come out to search. And if they see that we are 11 people, they will suspect and they will arrest us. And there are lots of them there. Just that thinking that we might be arrested made him change the, 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 the road for kilometers, four or five kilometers. We arrived in that man's house. We had dinner. I saw disbelief in him, total shock in him, that I was there and I was trying to organize the resistance against the Taliban. The people that came to see us secretly there, after everybody went out of the house, we were alone, four of us. In this mullah, this clergy said, Hamid, you are here to remove the Taliban. I said, yes. He said, yes, you've been talking about this for years now. But how can you remove them? I said, well, you know, people hate them. He said, yes, surely people hate them. I said, well, so let's get together and fight them. There are only about 60 or 70 of them at the capital, at the provincial capital. And let's, it says stop. Should I stop or should I keep going? Keep going? Okay. So, then this mullah told me, really you want to fight them? I said, yes. Then he got closer to me a little bit. Then he got a bit more closer to me and said, I want you, if you really want to defeat the Taliban, I want you to ask the United States to send some planes to bomb the governor's house and to bomb the military command office. I was totally shocked. I said, Mr. So-and-so, how shameful of you. I'm shocked that you're asking me to ask the U.S. planes to come and bomb my country. He said, well, then you're not serious. If you are serious, you ask the U.S. to come and help us and win this war against terrorism. If you don't, you're not serious, you're going to kill our people, you're working for terrorism, and you leave this place. There was the strongest indication for me that the Afghan people were so adamantly, so adamantly trying to get rid of terrorism in Afghanistan, and that they were real patriots, and that they knew the reality of life. They were pragmatics. They could not fight terrorism on their own. I did not know from outside the power that they had. Al-Qaeda, the name that I learned inside Afghanistan, by the way, I did not know it before I went into Afghanistan, that there was something called Al-Qaeda. We knew Osama, we knew terrorists, but not Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda and the Taliban were immensely powerful, immensely strong in terms of resources, in terms of equipment. And I told this man that I cannot do this. He said, well, if you cannot do this, then you better leave. Because I'm not going to allow you to kill my children and women because of your desire to defeat the Taliban with two or three guns that we have. We cannot do that. I said, I have money. I have some money we will find, we'll, 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 we'll buy about 15 guns and do that. He said, no. So I moved out of his house, came to another village, 
and began to speak of, with more people and I heard that the Taliban had come of my presence in that area and that the terrorists, the Arabs and some Pakistanis with them and the Taliban had gotten together 1500 people to attack us and the villagers came to me and said, what do you want? Do you want to face them here or do you want to do something else? I said, what will happen if we face them here? He drew a dramatic picture that, that shook me to my bones. He said, Hamid, if you face them here, they will come with their rocket launchers, with their RPG-7s, RPG-7 is RPG a kind of uh, rocket uh, thing, and they will blow the, our women and children, and they will, their flesh will be hanging on trees. When I heard this, I was, I was shaken, terrified. When I, the, 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 the imagination that the children will be blown up, and, and, and they'll be spread on trees in their flesh. I said, no, 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 of course I'm not, I'm, I don't want to, to face them here. Uh, then what should I do? He said, go to the mountains. I said, all right, let's go to the mountains. And I asked people, who is willing to go with me? Fifty people said, we are going to with you. And we began the journey. And we went to the mountains. It took us 13 hours to arrive at a place where there was one man with two of his children and his wife. All alone in a little hut in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of mountains. And this one man with his wife and two children fed for the first day that we arrived, 50 people. For the second day, we were 90 people. For the third day, we were 120 people and he fed us all in that village, not a village, in that home in that area. There I saw the next most remarkable thing. People said, can you have weapons? I said, no. Do you have weapons? No. Do you have money? No. What do you have? I said, I have you 50 people or 100 people that you are here. They said, well, this man is probably crazy. Then they got together somewhere away from me. They began to consult each other, the elders and the young men. And then they came back to me. They said, can you call the U.S. and ask them for weapons? I said, well, maybe I can call. Yes, this is, this is a proposition that I can accept. Maybe I can do that. They said, all right, call the U.S. and see if, if, if you can be given some weapons. I called the U.S. Embassy in Islamabad. I said, uh, I'm Hamid Karzai. They said, oh, yes, of course, we know you are. Uh, where are you? Are you alive? I said, of course, I'm talking to you. I have to be alive. <laughs> and he said, oh, good that you're alive. What is it that we can do for you? I said, can you send us weapons? <laughs> and you'll be surprised. They said, yes, where are you? I said, well, I don't know where I am. This, there are mountains here. There's uh, a village. That's what technology does. They said, where is that? I said, this is Orozgan. Okay, we know Orozgan. Where, how far are you from the capital of Orozgan? I said, um, well, 11, 11 uh, hours by foot. They couldn't guess that. They said, what do you mean 11 hours by foot? I said, really, I have traveled 11 hours by foot and I'm in a, in a, in a valley here. They said, which way? East, west? I said, I don't know. If I'm east of the city or west of the city, I cannot. Then I went around and I said, I'll call you after half an hour. And then I went around and asked people, which way are we? Finally, somebody said, probably we are west. <laughs> and I said, all right. And I called back. I said, here's somebody that says, probably we are west. 
And they said, fine. You go and tonight you make four fires. This is unbelievable. In, in, in a range of 100 meters away from each other at four corners of whatever place that you think is flat enough in, the, in, in these mountains, we'll find out where you are. And I went in there, I asked people, I said, go make four fires uh, at about 11 in the evening. They looked at me and said, why? Four fires on top of four mountains living in the evening? I said, it's cold, we'll be warmer there. So let's go and do that. <laughs> they said, fine. They went and made four fires. We collected wood and made four fires. And the next day I called again. They said, we know where you are. I don't know, satellites or whatever. Better than the imagery. Now, tomorrow you, you expect our weapons. I said, all right. And we waited. It didn't come, wait, it didn't come. At 1.30 in the morning, I went, at 1 o'clock, I was very tired, so I went to sleep there right in, the, in those. We, we slept in what you call where, where, where shepherds uh, take their, their, their animals at night during the summer. A little, uh, whether, I don't know the name in English, uh, animal homes. Animal homes. Animal rooms. Excuse me? A manger? Fine, yes. Something like that. So, so, so we went, so we went, we slept in that. And suddenly somebody came and said, hurry up, wake up, the planes are here. And when I woke up, the planes were already there. The planes were already there. We received food, ammunition, and weapons in the middle of nowhere in central Afghanistan at 2 a.m. in the morning with by three American planes that flew probably from the US or, or, or Europe or somewhere that dropped us 15 parachutes. They did not fall in the right place though. <laughs> they went quite across to the other mountains, but we went off to them and by the next morning we recovered them. That's how the journey began. But the best part is that the Taliban came after us just a day after the weapons came. 400 of them. That was the only fight that we had. And we were saved and we won because, not because we fought, because when they were coming towards us, a villager an hour away from us woke up that when he saw so many troops coming towards us. And this villager ran towards us, maybe he knew we were there, and informed one of our sentries that there are 400 of them coming towards you. So wake up and, and, and call your leaders and tell them that the Taliban are coming towards you, the Taliban and the terrorists all together. And the man came to me, woke me up at about 4.30 in the morning, said I was in a, in a tent that was made out of the parachute of, of the thing that came from, from the sky. Said that they're coming and uh, I said, who? He said, what, what do you mean who? The Taliban. This villager is here and he said they're coming. I said, all right, so let's go and stop them. I went back to sleep, imagine. I couldn't believe it. I thought that somebody's coming around. So I never imagined that they would dare come to us 11 hours away and walk all that long. And after half an hour, he came back. He said, I have two prisoners. I said, what do you mean two prisoners? He said, the Taliban. Two Afghans had come and surrendered the Taliban to him and told them that 400 are on their way. They're mostly Arabs and Pakistanis. And they are after you. They will kill you, you'll be sure. And in a few minutes, firing began. We felt that we were defeated, so we ran out to the top of the mountain. We had no communications. 
We had nothing, we had only the guns that we had received the night before from, 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 from America. And by the evening, when we learned that they were defeated, was too late. By that time, we had decided to split. We had sent some of our forces down the, the valley, some of our forces to the western uh, villages, and we were only about 11 of us. That one of our group that we had completely lost emerged uh, in the evening and said, Look, we have won, the Taliban have all gone away, and the area is back in our hands. I said, too late, uh, everybody has left. We have asked them to go away. That's how the, the, the other part of the journey began. And from this part onwards, ladies and gentlemen, is the best part of the story. Not, not a single shot was fired by us against the Taliban. They kept running themselves. Any village that we would go to, the Taliban from that village would run away. Any town that we would go to, the Taliban from the town would run away. Any place that we would go to, they would run away. There I learned that the, the people in Afghanistan were in such a pain, in such a terrible suffering, that the slightest opportunity given, they would defend themselves. They would liberate the country. And there are two stories that I definitely must tell you, even if the time is short. When we returned back to the provincial capital after people had, had taken it on their own, we received 11 or 15 American special forces. They were in the provincial capital. One day, we were having dinner with some guests, and there was an elderly man sitting there with us. His name is Azizaba. And Azizaba is a man who had lost eight of his children and grandchildren to one of the accidental American bombs. Eight of his children and grandchildren were killed. In the chase of the planes, when the planes were chasing the Taliban, the, the Taliban moved into a house and the plane went and, and bombed that house. And that was a civilian house. The whole family was destroyed and eight children were killed. Only this grandfather remained alive. His name is Azizaba. Azizaba was sitting with me there having dinner. At this time, I got uh, my, my, my secretary, he came in and said, the Americans that have arrived last night, uh, 11 of them, that was the first time that the American Special Forces came to Terencourt. Two of them want to see you. They were very nice men. One of them was Greg, called Greg, the other Jason, Captain Jason, who was wounded in the same bomb that, that we received accidentally bomb later on. I said, bring them in. When they came in, they sat. I suddenly noticed that the man whose family was killed by the American bombing is also here. I felt embarrassed. I did not know what to do. I thought this man might misbehave or say something that would not be good. And this man said, Hamid, are these Americans? I said, yes. He said, tell them that I have lost eight of my children at one of your accidental bombs. But I don't care. Even if I lose more of my people, of my children, I wouldn't care. I will accept it because you are here to liberate Afghanistan. Now that remark for me, for a man to accept the loss of his grandchildren and say that he's willing to accept more losses because the country is going to be liberated was the highest point of legitimacy in the endeavor, in the struggle against terrorism in Afghanistan 
that the Afghan people wanted to be liberated by whatever means, even if they lost their families, their children, and everyone. From that point onwards, the, 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 the force with which we moved against the Taliban in the way they ran away, the terrorist army was the most remarkable. We came to Kandahar, to Kandahar by peace, we went to Kabul, established the ancient government, and as the head of the Afghan government, I began to receive people. The first group of people that I received, and that is going on till today, almost all of them, the majority of them say, more international security forces, more ISAF forces, more allied forces, fight against these people. They never ask me for food. They never ask me for help for their daily lives. They always ask for help for the future for the future of Afghanistan. That is what we are concentrating on. A good future for the Afghan people. And that future has begun with our children going to school. For me, the happiest moments of my life are when I go out in the morning sometimes, some places, and I see children going to school. And that has been possible because of the help that America gave, because of the help that the international community gave, and I thank you very much for that. Thank you all. Thank you.